Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. It's Weird Islanders, the podcast, back once again. My name is Dan. That is Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. Uh, this is this one's been a long time coming, not 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 just the um, the the player, but but also the guest. Yes, yes. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, I think we're going to have a great time with a guy who uh, a lot of Islanders fans may know from social media and a player who a lot of Islanders fans may not know was an Islander because this was kind of a weird, kind of a weird netherworld uh, of uh, between eras. So uh, let's get right to it. You may know our next guest from Twitter where his handle is exiled usher. He's in fact an usher for the Islanders for a long, long time. And he's just an all around great guy. And we're happy to bring him on. His name is Matt Kammerer. Matt, how are you? Doing wonderful boys. This is a thrill like no thrill before. <laughs> I can't even believe this. This is the number one Islander podcast. I am just tickled pink for the invitation. Ooh, wow. Usually people compliment me on my introductions, but I, this time I have to compliment you. I'm very excited for that introduction. Uh, but yeah, no, we've been, we've been hoping to get you on for a long time. And uh, this is, this is really great. Uh, so like, when did you start working as an usher for the Islanders and, and how did that happen? Um, I started in the summer of 2001, right before that fun season. Yes. Uh, you know, with the tragedy of nine 11 happening and then, all the wins at the beginning of the season. And my first show at the Nassau Coliseum was actually, I believe it was a New Kids on the Block concert. Jeez. And then one thing led to another, and they were short people, and they asked me to come back. And, you know, 
my attention all along was once I got married and had a mortgage and couldn't afford season tickets anymore, I needed a way to get into the Coliseum for free. And I turned it into a nice little part-time job. Well, there you yeah. go. And he was Matt. Maddie was also a key to to helping me uh, in my, uh, my operation to to get it, <laughs> getting into that sort of Coliseum. I know uh, for free um, as a uh, he was he was my eyes on the inside. Let's just say that's funny. inside <laughs> man. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, good, that's... a lot of good times back when Mike was um, interning for Stan. Yes. Stan Fischler. And, so. and using the same media pass for five years. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and anytime Stan didn't need him, Mike right. would run up and hang out with me for 20 minutes. So. <laughs> hey, well, those are the fun times. I mean, I was an intern for the Islanders, too. And it's like, I don't remember the games because they were uniformly terrible. But I do remember hanging out with, with folks, people who worked there, other interns, ushers, that kind of thing. And, and it's always... A lot of fun. Uh, I was going to ask you for some cool stories, but you said you had one that we're going to get to later once we get to <laughs> another player. Um, and so I, I can't wait to get to that that story. But first, uh, we got to get to our uh, Islander for this episode, who, again, this was a great pick, and I, I didn't see this happening, and I'm so glad you picked this guy because there's so much <laughs> to unpack in just a very short amount of time because, again, it is sort of in between errors. So uh, if you will... Matt Kammerer, will you please reveal the subject of tonight's episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast? Drum roll, please. The subject of tonight's Weird Islanders will be Brent Sopel. That's right, kids. Brent Sopel <laughs> was an Islander. You may remember him from such Stanley Cups as uh, 2010 with Chicago. Uh, you've probably seen him on uh, NBC Sports because that's they only, they only ever played the Blackhawks. So, I mean, you might have seen him there. But, yeah, believe it or not, he was an Islander. And uh, it was not for very long. Uh, and this was, you know, obviously before he was a Stanley Cup champion. So what was it about Sopel that, that attracted you so much? Because, again, this is a guy who just, you know, even as a player, like he's – you know, he was an he was a totally fine player. He was actually a very serviceable, you know, quality defenseman for a long time. But it, like, he's just kind of a name on a list you don't normally notice. But uh, how did you end up picking him out of our huge list of weird islanders? To be honest, there's not many guys left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, for some reason, I remember his hair flopping around in yes. the breeze. You know, yeah. I remember that uh, he kind of had like that, almost like the Chris Simon yes. flow going on, and yeah, he's very agent. In the Lou era, that would be strictly for Oh, yeah. So, no, 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 no. Yeah, so no. those images tend to stick in my mind. But, uh, you know, basically that was that was like a prototypical Millberry, oh, look, a squirrel ADHD moment where he just decided, oh, here's this guy. You know, he, he's probably owned in like 10% of, of uh, Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. And uh, <laughs> I'll just grab him up to try to uh, replace Kenny Janssen. Yeah. Because if yeah. you remember, that was the year that Kenny Janssen did not return after the lockout at only right. 31 years old. And that was a huge, you know, basically the team, you know, I attribute they were no longer a playoff team because of that. So I think Milbury was trying to look kind of looking to backfill that spot. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, upheaval after that lockout. Obviously some guys had gone to play over in Europe and then came back and then some guys just went and stayed there. And, you know, Kenny was always kind of a guy who, you know, you always kind of knew he would eventually probably, end up playing in Sweden, although we didn't think it would be that soon. He wasn't that old, but you know, I guess the lockout again makes makes people kind of change their their minds. And Sopel at that point, by the time he became an Islander, I mean he had been in the league for a good uh seven years. He started with the yep. Canucks. Yeah, you know, he was drafted there in the sixth round, uh 144th overall. So and and you know, so for him to make the team and play 
you know, as, as a regular, I mean, he played 81 and 80 games his last years in Vancouver and he put up pretty good offensive numbers and, you know, he was a regular, he was a pretty good dude. And then I guess his contract was up after the, the lockout and in comes Mike Milbury to give him <laughs> yeah. a, a two year deal, which was used to avoid arbitration. So there you go. Pretty smart. Now here's the thing that I thought was kind of funny. And we talked about this before. Like I, I remember Sopo playing for the Islanders, but I had no idea that he was a Mike Milbury guy. Like I had no idea. I thought he was an early guard snow guy, but again, this was Milbury's last year prior to snow coming over. And so, and you were saying like, this was snow's last year as a player. So it's like, it's kind of a funny, you know, transitional era for this team. And like Brent Sopel kind of fit right in there. <laughs> it's uh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if when they, if he, tr- when he traded Sopel away, if that was the last trade Milbury made. Wow, I'd have to check the timeline on that, but it's possible <laughs> because that was kind of, I don't know if it was deadline, but it was, I think it was March mm. of 06. And then obviously after that year, Milbury's fired. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, it was right before the deadline, like maybe the night before. Um, oh, okay. But, but to go back to, cause I remember being on Mike uh, <laughs> talking about the trade and being like, Oh man, this, you know, player that we're going to talk about later. Like I'm really excited for this guy and people, uh, you know, obviously this is pre, any sort of uh, YouTube or whatever. So you couldn't see uh, that the prospects were getting back on YouTube and get excited about them that way. But um, the, the, the things about Sopel coming to Long Island that I remember was um, they, they had kind of put an emphasis, uh, like you said, they, they needed to replace Kenny Johnson and they wanted to do it almost by committee of random veterans who are going to end up on the show, like Sopel, Brad Lukowicz, mm-hmm. uh, Zitnik, Alexei Zitnik, um, and then they they had Campoli, who was just mm. a you know a revelation at camp. I remember, and uh, you know, yeah, and Minima was there too. Another yeah. guy with great hair. Yes, <laughs> like, so when you look at this, you looked at that, and this is that era of you know basically the only homegrown Islander was Rick uh, for a while, and then Campoli and Gervais came along. You can argue Trent Hunter, but even though he was an Islander draft pick, but uh, you, the the blue line, like you said, it was Ninema. Opening night, Ninema, uh, Jitnik, Lukowicz, Sopel, Campoli, and Tom, Tommy Pettinen, I believe. Wow. So, uh, yeah, yep. it's an absolute <laughs> ridiculous blue line for this team. That, uh, went, when they went into the lockout, they did it on the heels of three straight playoff bursts. Obviously, none right. of them were all that impressive, but they came out, and you'd expect them to be a little bit better. They signed Shatan, and then they, they start to like become the mercenary team that they, they were for these two, mm-hmm. two seasons. One of them worked out better than this one did. Um, but so, and Sopa was one of them and he, he, he kind of felt like a, a good move at the time that they signed. I remember being excited about him. He, and he became one of the first bloggers in the blogosphere. Cause he wrote a, right. a, a blog called the soap dish and yeah. you know, about like training camp and coming to long Island. And, and you know, I love this guy. I was like, this guy's great. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I don't remember that. That's great. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I'm going to have to find some links to not only, Brent Sopel's blog at I, I guess islanders.com, but I got to go try try and find some Mike must go uh messages there. <laughs> See if I can <laughs> find Mike's old uh uh identity on that uh message board. That was actually um my wife's uncle who founded that website, MikeMustGo.com. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I was one of the first posters on there. And then years later, I'm talking to Mike and Mike's like Boy, I was on that board every night. I'm like, oh my god, you were reading my ridiculous rants. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my my username on there was something to do with John Erskine. 
<laughs> like <laughs> eventually like it became when they traded Ninema for Erskine or something like I think I, I was like oh I'm gonna be like the John Erskine guy on, on, on this this format or whatever but uh, yeah every I mean, time that, I drive through Staten Island I see Erskine Boulevard and yeah. I think of John Erskine that's like the life of an Islander fan right yeah <laughs> I, I used to live near the Erskine Boulevard uh, uh, exit in Brooklyn so I always did think that too <laughs> But uh, I think we're going to have to do a John Erskine Weird Islanders episode, and the special guest will be Mike. I'm just talking oh about God. John Erskine. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean that that whole defensive unit that you just named—they're uh, all—they're all basically possibles for this podcast, except for Yanni Ninema, who, believe it or not, played like 150 games for the Islanders. Although he was a weird dude uh, to have, uh, he, he doesn't qualify as much for uh, on our. Uh, a criteria for games played, but that that's a pretty in, incredible and insane defensive group there. Lukowicz and Pettinen and a whole bunch of names you haven't heard in a long time. But uh, yeah, so after seven seasons in Vancouver uh, and, you know, needing another defenseman, the Islanders swoop in, they sign Brent Sopel to a two-year contract again in order to avoid arbitration. Milbury said at the time, quote, Brent is a polished defenseman just entering the prime of his career after improving in his development each season in Vancouver. Our scouts feel strongly that, like Alexei Zitnik and Yanni Ninema, Brent will excel under the new rules changes. Uh, I don't know about excel, <laughs> but uh, he was he definitely was a, a pretty good player. And uh, and in fact, I can't believe it. I managed to find a video of him actually scoring a goal, if you can believe it, uh, in a game against the Devils. Zitnik to Sopol. They score! Sopel's not going to get this goal. Hunter was there, but I think he missed it. The puck looked like it was kind of, you know, looping and dying as it got there. Yeah, see, I think it just went off the glove of Brodeur. I think that's Sopel's goal all the way. He just wants to get it there, but look at head up. Uh, wasn't the prettiest goal in the world. It's pretty good. Your textbook uh, power play goal with uh, Trent Hunter. I know a Michael Lebov favorite standing in front. And uh, uh, any goal scored against Martin Brodeur was great. Uh, that was, uh, you know, a, a bonus there. Uh, but um, it, was, um, it was a weird time. I mean, he ended up playing 57 games for the Islanders. He scored two goals, so this is one of them, and with 25 assists. So 27 points in 57 games, it's, that's about it. I mean, was there any particular game or, or uh, event or something in Sopel's time with the Islanders that, Sticks out in your mind, Matty, or was it just sort of like, uh, kind of like you just said, having him there, seeing the <laughs> hair flow? And again, he was a good player. Like, I'm not trying to like, you know, knock him down, but I'm not sure he's the kind of guy who really stood out that often. But is there one thing that kind of stood out to you about that time? Um, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, the looking back on the team statistically, it was kind of like offensive defensemen by committee. Yes. It seemed like they had a bunch of guys that were between like 29 and 39 points and nobody really, you know, nobody really on the high end. Hoping that one of them would turn into Adrian a coin, but it never yeah, happened. You know? Right. <laughs> or, ja or even Janssen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was, that's yeah. the other thing too. Is like, you, you mentioned a coin, like think, think about the group that came in and who they were replacing, like Hammerlick, right. O'Coin, Janssen. Yeah. I mean, Martinek of course is there and that will be here forever. But um, yeah, the, the Brent Sopo, Brad Lukowicz, uh, Alexei Zitnik, 
and then he turns it to Freddie Meyer. That that chord didn't didn't really hold a candle to to O'Coin and and, and Amerlick. But yeah, this is this you know we we talk a lot on on this show and and Islanders anxiety about the twenty oh six oh seven team because of how that season ended and just how crazy it was. And uh, but this season kind of gets lost in that shuffle because it was this this team walked so that that team could run through <laughs> into the playoffs. Like because you look at this this roster. Um, he, Mike York and <laughs> like the guys we've mentioned, uh, and you just keep going down the list, and you're like Kevin. This was a Kevin Colley year. Mm. Um, Cole Jarrett, Matt Colescott, like these. Mm. This this team was Jeff Hamilton was on the yeah, team. Yeah, Jeff yeah. power power play wizard Wyatt yeah. Smith, of, Wyatt Smith of Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Joel Bouchard, <laughs> like this team became. This was the one of the most random teams i've ever seen like there's yeah. you can't you look at this roster and you can't really draw a thread yeah. from be like what's what's the identity of this team and you could be like it, it just looks like they were it looks like an expansion team it i looks was just like, about to say yeah it's like uh, a decent expansion team right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah just a bunch of, a bunch of names who you know uh really don't have a whole lot to do with each other and yet somehow they're all on the same team uh thanks to the crazy general manager uh putting it together basically uh, that team, it may shock everybody to find, uh, was not very good. They finished with 78 <laughs> points, uh, 36. Like, you know, it's another funny thing too, is like, I mean, I try, you know, as you're, you're, you know, you're a fan, you try and get, be optimistic and like talk yourself into certain players and things. And like, I remember looking at a, re- at a record, like 36, 40 and six and being like, you know, they were almost 500. Like yeah. it, was, it was so close. They, you know, there's four wins here or there. You never know. It could have shifted, but now I'm looking back 30 years later or 20 years later and being like, that was not a good team. Like they yeah. were lucky to finish fourth in the division that year. I mean, and it's, you can almost see, I can almost see myself and be like, Oh, I, I definitely talked myself into right. this team making a run to the playoffs around February when they were probably <laughs> 12, 12 points back or something. Right. And um, you know, like, Oh, they just called up Jeff Hamilton. This is going to be what starts <laughs> the, the run to the, to the playoffs. And, uh, and then, and then when the deadline came uh, and, and they were sellers, Mm. being like you know like they are selling but who knows you never know with uh right. with this new core that they have it's it's an exciting mm. time to be an islander fan once again because of the guys that they just brought in for for yeah. sopel and parish and and i think only kavasha got traded yeah. at this point for a draft pick lukowicz got traded like this team yeah. was eventually like you know gutted at the deadline a little bit and uh i i was certainly at the uh the debut for the the two pieces that came back for yeah. the sopel sopel parish trade um and I, I remember that very well too. Like I remember because they, yeah, they got traded the night before the deadline. Mm. Uh, and, yeah. and obviously in that age, you, you don't find anything out. Uh, until it got announced. Yeah. Exactly. The team, exactly. yeah, the, yeah. The team, I think the team put it on the website, like, and, and um, that was it. And, and it yeah. was, it was kind of funny. Just be like, Oh, well, you know, mm. hardly knew you Brent. Um, <laughs> Cause the guy he got traded with, we knew very well. Yeah. Um, you sign a guy for, Two years and he only plays fifty-seven games. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. <laughs> and Steve Sterling was the coach of that team, yes. and he got fired that year, right? And replaced by Brad Shaw. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I I worked with a guy. That was when I worked at the Associated Press, and I worked with a guy who was like a huge fan of Brad Shaw and wanted him to be the coach. And I was like, oh I don't know if it really matters going forward <laughs> unless they fix the roster. But uh, as Mike alluded to, he was eventually traded. Sopel was eventually traded on March eighth, two thousand and six, with Mark Parrish to the L.A. Kings for uh, a guy named Dennis Grabeshkov, 
who is 100% probably going to be an episode of this show. And a guy <laughs> who we all discovered, to our complete amazement, cannot be a, a, a subject of this show because he played too many games for the Islanders. Imagine that. That He's man's over the threshold. What's that? <laughs> He's over the threshold. He is over the threshold. That's correct. That man, the one and only Isles legend, Jeff Tambellini. So if you are a Lighthouse Hockey pod, if you are a Lighthouse Hockey commenter, and I know a lot of you listen to these shows, and you spent a lot of time arguing about the viability of Jeff Tambellini as an NHL player, you have this trade to thank for that. <laughs> because this man fueled many, many comments back in the day. And I had completely forgotten that he was here because of Brent Sopel. I thought he was drafted. But but uh, Maddie, it's funny because like when we first started talking to you about coming on the show, like you mentioned Tambellini, and I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And then I was like, wait a minute, hold on a second. I went to hockey, hockey reference, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy played how many games for this team? Like 150 games? So he was unfortunately out. But uh, you were saying that you had a Tambellini story from your days as an usher uh, that kind of perfectly fit into this idea. So, so what was that? I mean, did you have like a run-in with him? No, well, I had I, I had like a semi. I wouldn't call it a run in, but um, the first story I'll tell real quick was um, Halloween night. I think it was '08. Is the famous Jeff Tambellini hat trick night, and I had some friends at the game that night, all dressed up in their Halloween costumes, and they had decent seats. But toward the end of the game, I had kind of like ushered them down to lower seats behind the net, and Tambellini scores the hat trick. And my friend refuses to throw his hat because it was this fancy Halloween hat he didn't want to throw. And me being a superstitious hockey fan, I'm like, you're going to curse this team to another dozen years of no playoffs by not throwing your hat. But that was like the, the one story that comes to mind. And then the other story was just funny because um, I had become kind of friendly with Freddie Meyer. So this, I guess this is a year. Who, who, who did it? Who did it? Fred, Fred, Fred. <laughs> Freddie was very, very friendly. So when you come down, in the, in the Coliseum, you'd come down the stairs, and if you made a right, you'd go towards the locker rooms. If you made a left, you'd go towards where the ushers would be assigned, and they called it the ushers room. So I would regularly come down there, and for some reason, Freddie Meyer would always stretch over in that hallway. He'd be, like, doing calisthenics, and Jason Blake would do wind sprints in that hallway, and literally, I saw him knock coffee out of, like, a lady's hand once. But um, <laughs> So one day, I come down, and Tambellini had been injured. He had been out for a while or maybe healthy scratched or both a combination of both. And I was in a good mood. I wasn't, I wasn't being like, like an ass, like being sarcastic. I was just, like had a smile on my face. I came down, I saw them, the two of them stretching out together. And I said, don't worry, Freddie, everything's going to be okay. Tambi is back. And <laughs> Tambellini shot me this look like that reminded me that, even like the last guy on the roster is like an alpha male. <laughs> like the last time I had seen that look, it was like the high school bully trying to steal my lunch money in 10th grade. You know, oh, I was like, Oh, you know, I, I didn't say anything else. I just kind of walked past and smiled. But then I'm like, Oh my God, that didn't come out. Right. So that was, that was my little Tambellini story. Huh. He just shot me like a glare of glares. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I was just mad at my friend for not throwing his fancy Halloween hat on the ice for you. And now you're giving me a dirty look like, geez. But like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Like to me, I would have thought like, you know, 
That, I would have taken that as a compliment. Like, oh, this guy's here now. I mean, I, I guess maybe he heard a lot of sarcastic. That's I mean, probably was, what it yeah, was. You know? you know? you, I guess when you're in and out of the lineup, you kind of get rabbit ears for stuff. Yeah, right. You're in your yeah. safe space stretching before the game. You don't expect right. some fanboy usher to come by and make some stupid <laughs> <Right. laughs> some comment. Sure. Like Even that, if he's so. trying to, like, kind of pay you a compliment in, in a weird way. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so, yeah, Tambellini, excuse me, 176 games as an Islander again, which it seems like wow. the most – Forgettable 176 games in Islanders history uh, there, except for that it's, one hat trick game. But yeah, and he was on he was on that the the, the Easter Sunday team with you know the Dubuitz yeah. because he's he's like in, on the bench when they're celebrating. And <laughs> um, but I I remember like I said I was at the the of course I had to make sure I was at the debut for Tambellini and Grabeshkov. Um, <laughs> so me and my friends went and, and I had a friend whose favorite player was Mark Parrish and he had a Mark Parrish jersey and um, hung it up in I think. It, 333 like on the wall like, like we taped it to the wall um and we started a, a like thank you mark parish chant basically mm. in the in the crowd and there was nobody at that game obviously at that that, <laughs> that stage right. of the season and in that season you know, nobody's going to islander games um so there was probably like you know me and 2000 of my closest friends chanting thank you mark parish and they weren't playing the kings like he wasn't there it was just you know, <laughs> it was just a, a send off to to parish who uh you hoped word yeah, would get back was, to him eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. hopefully it did. I mean, you know, we, right. he is around the team sometimes, uh, you know, in the media or whatever. But um, yeah, that that was uh, that that trade ended up kind of snowballing into you know Mark Andre Bergeron. So that's what I'm saying. Like the connection between this team and and the the one that would come next. Um, not that Tambellini played a key role in it, mm-hmm. but uh, he he was a part of that 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 Easter Sunday game and. Uh, obviously Bergeron was one of the, had one of the best two, two months of a season we've ever seen when, <laughs> when the Islanders went to the run, uh, I mean, what a shot he had, but, uh, yeah, so it's Brent Sopel in a way like Sopel and Lukowicz, um, Jetnik who turned into Freddie Meyer, like these guys ended up not Lukowicz as much, but like those guys turned into some, some serious legends, which right. is saying something, uh, I guess of, of the state of the team, but uh, cause we got Freddie Meyer and then we got Bergeron, uh, for, for Grubeshkov eventually. So, um, yeah, Sopel, Sopel, the Tambellini to, to Bergeron or, or Sopel <laughs> to Grubeshkov to Bergeron was just, you know, that's a, that's a great thread. And, and this team, like, like you were saying, Dan, like you look at the record, you look at the roster and you're like, this is a bad NHL team. Like I can't right. even, I can't picture a way that this team would win a game. Like who, like Shatan, <laughs> maybe Shatan has a great game on the power play or whatever. Right. Uh, but they were aside from Sterling, who who I don't even know even if he even existed. Like I sometimes I think Steve Sterling is just a figment <laughs> of my imagination. Um, but uh, like th- this was a they were they ended up being kind of a likable team, and and it was also a, a year where Rick kind of showed some promise. Like you're like okay, like hmm. you know if 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 he play if he continues this trajectory that he's on, like DPH will be great. And then of course that was not how. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, before we get back to Sopal, I just want to finish up on <laughs> Grabeshkov real quick. So, uh, and 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 play a little game with you guys. So Grabeshkov eventually was traded a year later in February to the Oilers uh, for a third round draft pick uh, that was later traded back to Edmonton, traded to Anaheim, traded to the Islanders. And who did the Islanders use? Who did the Islanders get? For that pick, let's see if you can remember. He never played for the Islanders. He was a perennial prospect, another guy that got talked about a lot on Lighthouse Hockey. Uh, and I'll see. If, and also Mark Andre Bergeron in there. Mm-hmm. So they, they got Bergeron and this particular 
prospect for Grabeshkov. Uh, and they got a third round pick too, which is a lot for Dennis Grabeshkov. But anyway, do you guys have an idea? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Justin Mapletoff. That was gonna be my guess too. So, oh, look at look at us! Look at like, us! Yeah, because like, I'm trying to think of a defenseman that that like it could have been, and I can't think of any Islander defense. Pro- Dustin Cohn, he, he played a it's game. Not a def- it's not a defenseman, but it's also got not a guy who played for the Islanders. Like, uh, he's a prospect. So, oh no, no, I don't. No, he he did play for their minor league team. I don't know if that helps. Uh, it's not a uh, tough one. It's a tough one. It's not a defenseman. Not a defenseman. Uh, I think it was stumped. I, was get, I keep going. I keep wanting to say Massey Marger Maki, but he played. <laughs> he played a game. That's a good one. No, it is not. Uh, all right. Final guesses. Locking Murphy. in. No. Rhett Rakshani okay. played. No, who who is it? Yeah. It, the answer is Kirill Petrov. Oh, oh. <laughs> that, was that, that was tough. That was tough. How did he yeah. not play in a game? For the I he, don't sco- know. he scored a preseason goal yeah. <laughs> right in front of me in Brooklyn oh, and okay. looked and made eye contact with me. I was right behind the glass. Like I was pumping my fist. I'm like, this guy's going to be great. And he made eye contact with me, with <laughs> me and my right. friend. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. And then oh. two weeks later, he's gone back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He went back. All right. So he did play a preseason. I forgot if he played in preseason, but I know he, he played scored. a little bit. In preseason, yep. but he scored. Yeah. Well, there you go. So yeah, him there you and, go. Him and Kirill have enough like that. Those yeah. two guys, like Kirill's, they might, they they still might make it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> maybe we still, still have their rights. You never hey, know. There was one thing that we didn't touch on with mm. Sopel is, um, I don't know if you guys had heard the interview with him. Um, I don't know. It was one of the popular hockey podcasts, but he re- he told this story about how he got extorted by a babysitter. You guys oh. familiar with that at all? No. no. Yeah, Jeez. he got he. His wife had found this girl. I don't know if it was online and she was going to come watch the kids. So she came for an interview and she said, I think she, I think as he told it, it was uh, just, I'm going to show you how I work with your children for two days. You don't have to pay me anything. So they invite this lady into her ha- into their house. She works for them for two days. And then I don't know if she started making allegations against them or what, but she started demanding like, thousands of dollars oh and then apparently sopel goes to milbury for help and milbury says just pay her and <laughs> at that point i wrote it down at that point she was demanding twenty eight thousand dollars in cash or she said she was going to go i believe it was the new york daily no- news she said i'm going to go to the new york daily news and ruin your life with i guess just lies or whatever <sighs> so he told this story i was like floored that milbury said just pay her what are you doing <laughs> That is an incredible story. I am I'm in no way shocked that Mike Milbury <laughs> would say that, but that is an unbel- that is an incredible story. Like I think I found it on YouTube. You can just search like you know Brent Sopel interview, and there's I, a bunch. There's a few of them on there. But I will do that. And I'm, oh my god, I had no idea. <laughs> well, so I guess for a lot of reasons, uh, Sopel was happy to just get away from Long Island. He was not having a good time on the ice. Clearly, not having a good time off the ice. And so, again, March 8th, 2006, he was traded to L.A. And um, the next year, he was with the Kings again, and they eventually played the Islanders uh, at Nassau Coliseum. And uh, they talked to Sopel before the game, you know, the reporters. And uh, he gave a quote that is so perfect and so incredibly, like, accurately sort of condenses that whole era into one or two sentences here. And what he said was, uh, I believe this was after the game, and we'll talk about the game in a second. He said, last year was miserable. Getting these two points against them was a bit of a sweetener for sure. 
there are a lot of there are a lot of things wrong there. And I was happy to get out of there and go to an organization like L.A., which is just chef's kiss. Like, that's what you want to hear from a guy (laughs) who your team just traded. Uh, Yeah, I was happy to get out of there and go to an organization like L.A. Well, the Kings won the game. Not only did they win the game, but guess who scored against the Islanders in that game? You guessed it. Brent Sopel. Yep. That seemed like it seemed like every Islander that left for about 20 years had to have some. Yep. That was like the official statement. Yeah. There was some sort of after they left, they get to the new team. You know, mm. even Mark Streit, who we all loved, he mm. got to Philadelphia and he was like, I'm just impressed that they're really their first concern is winning. Or something yeah. like that. And it's always like they're telling the truth and they're right. Yeah. But right. it's still, it's still, it's still annoying. You still roll your eyes. Like, yep. yeah. can't anybody just be quiet? <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but and and also like this was also the era when, you know, obviously the Islanders were playing the Coliseum. We were waiting for a new building. wasn't happening. Then you go to play in Staples Center, and it's like you've you know kind of been sent to another planet. Like I can imagine the difference <laughs> between the locker room at NASA Coliseum and the locker room at Staples Center are two very different things. And that team, like. You think like Mark, he got traded with Mark Parrish and, and yeah. you think about that 2506 team, there wasn't really any, um, like the, 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 teams before that they were together for a little bit. Like they, they, that there's that Parrish, you know, Eric Cairns, Bates house and whatever. Um, they, they, they kind of came of age on Long Island. And then you look at this one and you're like, oh, these are all mercenaries who were just signing, <laughs> you know, one year deals or, or were just drafted by the Islanders. So like, there wasn't that. Um. Oh no, this is weird. It's weird here, but you, you just give it a give it a couple of years. Like you'll you'll learn to love yeah. it. Like kind of sentiment that we see now. And instead, like you know the the the, the criticism of Yashin a lot as a captain was that he wasn't a you know a, a good one, <laughs> but as like a, a leader of men, I guess. And like so, it was like this weird mishmash of of a couple Euro stars like Yashin and Shatan. Um, I mean, I guess you can throw Jitnik in there. Like, but like, and then uh, we're Jitnik the next year whatever whatever it was but oh no it was this year yeah but um and then it was a couple of you know past their primers like Bates and uh like a couple other guys but it it's just there was no like I said there, there like who who was Brent Sopel like going to on this team being like can you yeah. show me around right yeah because <laughs> like, it didn't have those guys that were there for a long time I mean I guess right. Rick was there but yeah exactly Rick know, is, yeah, yeah. Was not Rick, Rick's like that. hanging out at the city cellar or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's at a different plane than yeah. these guys and where well, thought he was. Mulberry right. just didn't have the attention span. So. No, yes, he did yeah. not. He, he, he was couldn't like, help. You know, he just kept trading. If he got the itchy trigger finger and then like after, if he didn't go, if he went a month without a trade, he had to trade somebody. That was just how it worked out. I mean, I figured it out one time that he averaged like a trade a month for his time <laughs> as GM. It's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, some, some months had three trades, some had one, but at the end of the day, it all, it all kind of averaged out. So, uh, but yeah, he just couldn't help himself. And like, is it, you know, when you get these sort of mercenary teams, that that's what sort of happens and they never really built anything. Now it's funny. You know, I think about it, you know, the Islanders are almost the exact opposite. Like that some guys have been here for so long. Like, yeah. You know, if you, if you had a kid when that guy debuted, yeah. that kid is now like in high school, you know, like it's, it's just yeah. so it long. Kind of, it kind of starts with Josh Bailey. Yes. Like, that's yes. kind of like the beginning of this era of we all love Long Island, you know, Josh right. Bailey is like the longest tenured guy, and it kind of started yeah. with him and and worked yeah. from there with guys that stayed for a long time. Yeah, the snow was, you know, for all his faults, <laughs> he was a lot more like Lamarillo than than 
Milbury, I guess. That's true. Then his predecessor, for sure. <laughs> in some ways, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, in a lot of ways. But yeah, that that one in particular. Um. But uh, so Brent Sopel was not a guy who uh stayed too many places for too long. Again, Vancouver was his longest stint at seven years. So after uh hanging out after playing with the Kings for a year, a year and change, maybe a little bit less, he was eventually uh traded back to the Canucks. But then he signed. Uh, oh, actually, the the pick there ended up uh, being Wayne Simmons. So there you go. Uh, and then he ended up signing with the Chicago Blackhawks. And this was where he had uh, his best seasons sort of team-wise. This was just as the Blackhawks uh, were kind of, you know, moving on with Taves and Kane. This was 2007. So, you know, with it by 20, 2009, uh, they, 2008, 2009, they were in the conference finals. 2009, 2010, they beat the Flyers for the Stanley Cup, which was Sopo's only cup. And uh, and he was a passenger on those teams. He was pretty good. I remember him, uh, you know, again, getting a lot of a lot of play in the uh, the playoffs. Uh, he scored uh, at least one one big goal for Chicago. Although I guess in the playoffs, every goal is a big goal. Uh, <laughs> you know, getting the uh, the sort of Randy Hahn treatment or whatever <laughs> from NBCSN uh, or Doc Emmerich, who was calling the games back then. And uh, that's good. You know, I mean, you'll hang around long enough. And again, he was a pretty good player. And eventually you just end up on a darn good team. But again... His time in Chicago was not very long, and eventually he was traded in the very famous Dustin Bufflin Ben Eager trade to the Atlanta Thrashers. Wow. Marty Reasoner too, with Marty Reasoner as well. Uh, Kevin Hayes also involved. A lot, tons of Justin yeah, Pol- nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. This trade, trade is out of out of control. Yeah, uh, but at the end of the day, he ends up in Atlanta, <laughs> which was the exact opposite of the uh, Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks. Again, it's funny to think about Brent Sobel. Like I didn't think, you know, the. the the Thrashers have been gone for so long that it seems like they were around 50 years ago. Like they might as well be the Atlanta Flames, you know, that's how long long they've been. And so when I saw, I was like, Oh my God, I completely forgot that this guy was an Atlanta Thrasher. Like that's crazy, you know? And, but it almost feels right that Brent Sopel was an Atlanta Thrasher for a little while. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah, Those those powder blues. Like I remember him in the powder blue a little bit. Um, yeah. And yeah, you, like, that's it's it is funny about the Thrashers at this point. It's been ten years since they've mm-hmm. gone, I think, or maybe a little more. And and uh, you th- like in a way, like yeah, it does feel like forever. But I also feel like I've seen those powder blues on the ice <laughs> six months ago at the same time. But yeah, yeah, I mean, this trade like is just out of I, I, uh, Sopel, Bufflin, Ben Eager, <laughs> Akeem Liu for Kevin Hayes. Justin Hole, Marty Reasoner, Joey Crab, and Jeremy Moore. There were so many first round picks that just didn't work out. <laughs> and then there's Buffalo right. and uh and Reasoner. Like this is it's just a hilarious trade. It was like a Milbury uh, trade, really. That is Basically, a Milbury yeah. trade. <laughs> like, like, that's, I'm, I'm assuming that's Jim Rutherford, right? Like he was the the Thrashers GM. No, that was a uh, Don Waddell. Don Waddell, that's what yeah, right. yes, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but uh yeah, it's just and it's funny because like the Thrashers got the two best guys out of that, which were Bufflin by a country mile and Sopel <laughs> was you know, still pretty good. Marty Reasoner, uh, we're going to save all that for his episode of Weird <laughs> um, But there was still one more trade in Brent Sopel's future, and that was when the Thrashers traded him to the Canadians with Nigel Dawes, who's a guy who always like, hang around for hung around for a long, long time for a guy named Ben Maxwell. This was not, you know, a, a blockbuster. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't even a trade deadline trade. It happened in February of 2011. And uh, but Sopel played the rest of the season with the Habs, and actually those were his last playoff games. Uh, were in uh, Montreal when uh, they lost to the Bruins in the first round in 2010-2011. Uh, 
Then it was off to the KHL. He played a couple of seasons there. And then he started the Brent Sopel Foundation, which is dedicated to providing financial and educational assistance to help students with dyslexia, which is really, really cool. Uh, he was also one of the first uh, NHL players, if not the first, to attend a pride parade, which I also think was in Atlanta, too, which is also very cool of him. So, you know, he's a guy who who he also uh, reached out to the victims in the uh, the Blackhawks uh, harassment uh, case and stuff. So, you know, he, he's been busy outside of hockey doing good things <laughs> and, yeah. and being yeah. a, a general good human, uh, which is a nice thing to see, because I don't think we've come across a guy like that so far, <laughs> at least not that we know of uh, in our Weird Islanders uh, uh, episodes, which is a cool thing to see. Yep. When we're calling him, when we're saying weird Islanders, we're not talking about the man. We're just talking about the, <laughs> yeah, situa- the situation with the Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he would disagree that his yeah, career was weird. That's, 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 kind of, that's kind of like the, the, the one disappointment here is that um, I could talk about how he did. He, I, I, you know, I don't, God bless you if you can find the soap dish blog <laughs> Dan, that he wrote for NewYorkIslanders.com during training camp. But um, I, I don't, and maybe I'm making this up completely, but I think I remember him kind of writing in those pieces, like about his, you know, charity, charity endeavors and how he's like excited to get involved in like the long Island community. And it is, it is like a little upsetting that, you know, this guy ends up being, you know, a seemingly swell kind of courageous dude. And, yeah. um, he's, mm. his time on the Island was so short that like, it's like, yeah, I know, you know, Blackhawk champion, uh, mm. Brent Sopel is you know doing the right thing. Not, Weird right. Islander Brent Sopel is 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 you know standing up for 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 good causes, but um, yeah, he he seems to be, and he also seems to be pretty well liked among that generation. Yes, of players too. Like he's always doing the rounds and stuff, and uh, it's funny because he like pops up and and you know before this podcast, it was just you'd be like, oh, there's Brent Sopel. Remember when he was on the Islanders, and and then now it's uh, you know you. you you look and Brent Sopel pops up somewhere and you're just like, oh, there's, there's our man, our weird, uh, one of the weird Islanders alum alumni who's right. uh, you know, now being raised to the weird Islander rafters by, by uh, <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, the exile usher um, <laughs> it, by, by a way of Tambellini. But right. uh, I, 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 you know, Maddie, I, we mean Dan always kind of talk about these shows when we're talking to people about coming on. And one of the great things about this, this show is it, it's, to to somebody, you, 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 oh, I have I I'm going on a podcast and it's we, we're going to talk about Brent Sopel's 59 games with the Islanders. I mean, they they probably have you committed, right? Like, but what it really turns into is we're going to talk about Brent Sopel, and then we end up just going down these crazy rabbit holes and and talking about touching on like all the other players in 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 his orbit. And Sopel, I think, oh, has one of the best orbits of anyone. Like like when you think about the guys we were able to mention that were tangentially related to him from. Uh, you know, Zitnik to to re- to reasoner. Um, that that's what makes this podcast great. And it's like when you, so when you do explain to someone like, oh yeah, it's like this weird Islanders podcast. It's we talk about guys who played on the Islanders for for very little time and they're associated with other teams. And it's really just we're going to talk about fifteen guys that we love who are related <laughs> to these guys. And and uh, yeah, Sopels is one of the best. This is the kind of thing too. And and Sopels is the kind of player that like those who know know. Like it's just kind of like you know, oh yeah, I just spent. 40 minutes talking about this guy who played 57 games for the Islanders. And, and yet somehow we end up doing it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we go down these rabbit holes and we mentioned, we can, so we can go for another two hours if we want. Oh, well, yeah. Um, yeah. I've got Coliseum stories for days. Imagine, <laughs> imagine. And, but that team, like uh, you think about the 20, 21, 22 Islanders. Now that the, the season's over and, and we're onto another one, 
And you think about that 2005-06 mean, there were some similarities there, not in terms of the roster construction and, and how the guys were acquired, but just that season just never was going to go well for them. Like they just, it, I remember their first game, uh, they, I think they, they either played Carolina or Buffalo out of the lockout and they lost 6-4. I think Campoli scored in his debut and got everyone excited. Uh, and then from there, just like the, the team, like every time they were about to go on a run, something would happen and they were just like, oh God, like they're calling up Cole Jarrett. So like we're yeah. in trouble now. Uh, but uh, yeah, they were there. It was like, for for new newer fans who kind of just uh never really experienced what a season like last year was like 0506 is a decent one because the expectations weren't i want to say they were high but they weren't that this is going to be a lottery team and um and they they completely disappointed and, <laughs> and like they were a mess and and the coaches got fired and everything so like it's it's it is a there there is a segment of Islander fans who that last year was their first bad year, mm. uh, but if you went through the two thousand five two thousand six team the mm. the one coming out of the lockout you're so geeked up for hockey hockey's back oh my god I'm gonna have to watch John Erskine right. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a tough time that lockout was a killer it really yeah, was, was yeah killer. I mean they, they had I don't know what about momentum but they were certainly a viable team before that and then it just they just got killed and then the worst part was they came back with those pajama jerseys which were never <laughs> not helpful either but uh but yeah so you know brent sopel 57 games with the islanders but 659 with the you know total in the nhl 44 goals 174 assists 218 points i mean that's a pretty good career i mean he played for a lot of teams but he walked away with a cup a lot of playoff games uh and i much like a lot of the other guys we've talked about in this series like I wonder what he thinks his his Islanders legacy is mm. like if he's like, I don't have an Islanders legacy. I wouldn't be surprised if he said that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you ever thought that, you know, dude sitting around on a podcast talking about his 57 <laughs> games as an Islander. Oh, trust, trust me, I keep thinking to myself, you know, I wonder if the guy will ever Google himself and find <laughs> this somehow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Friends, if you're out there, we salute you. <laughs> we salute you. He, if he like keeps in touch with anyone from this team, because like he was yeah. signed for such a short period of time, and then he went to the Western Conference for a while and and was on a Stanley Cup winner. So like I'm sure he's right. pretty tight with you know some members of the that yeah. 2010 Blackhawks team, and uh you, you know you win a cup together, and that that kind of cements your your relationship uh, with folks. But you know who, who on earth is he still talking to? From, I wonder from this, if this group. I wonder if Andrew Ladd picked his brain about Long Island <laughs> before signing that that disastrous contract. Uh, but uh, I mean, now I that's the question you got to ask him if, right, we yeah, ever, if we ever get go. him for part two. We'll All see. right, Brent, we have a very, very important question. Oh, is it about <laughs> is it about like my work with these charities? Um, no, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, this has been terrific. It's definitely been well worth the wait. I'm glad we could finally get you on, Maddie. This is a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, Brent Sopel. You did it. Uh, how uh, how did you? How was your experience here on on Weird Islanders the podcast? Uh, was it everything you you had dreamed of in your head when you when you first uh, were asked to come on by Mike? Surreal, guys, just surreal. <laughs> so many times when you enjoy a podcast the way I enjoy your podcast, you find yourself wanting to make a point or you know hmm. wanting to talk back, and you can't. Yeah, you know. So this was just it was wonderful. There you go. It really was wonderful. You know, oh. you guys are like. And I wrote it in one of those Apple reviews. You're like chicken soup for the Islander fan soul. <laughs> no, you're not. You guys are not alike. 
You're not like Francesca and Russo different. You're not, you're not the same person, but even if you, if I identify more with Mike or someone else identifies more with Dan, there's always a moment where you are all of us. Like each one of you represents how I'm feeling at that time. And that's, that's all I can say. You guys, you've gotten me through a lot of late nights. As a matter of fact, last night I had a sleep study and I fell asleep to Mike talking about Chris Johnston <laughs> and the Toronto media fell asleep with a little smile on my face. So that's great. funny. Well, there you go. Hey, listen, we aim to please, and if if pleasing you means helping you go to sleep in a sleep study, well, then by God, we're gonna do it no matter what. Well, this has been a ton of fun. We're definitely gonna get you back on again, Maddie. Don't worry about it. You'll be a regular oh. before you know it. And uh, this has been great. Uh, where can I, so uh, we talked about your Twitter account before? Where can everybody find you so they can uh, follow your thoughts because uh, they're always uh, very entertaining. My Twitter handle is at X Isled Usher, E X I S L E D Usher, U S H E R. <laughs> so yeah, follow Maddie there. Gusto's follower numbers a little bit because uh, his his point of view is always welcome. Uh, and then Mike, uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network, of course, and read our uh, Lighthouse Hockey blog for your most up to date Islanders news and discussion. We'll be back again very soon with another episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast, and another great guest and another Weird Islander. Uh, and until then. Keep the Islanders weird, and we'll talk to you then. All right, bye-bye.